flying around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast iron skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Dropping black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. This morning, we're setting the table with Tennessee agriculture by way of Christmas trees. We're going to visit with Leo Collins, owner and operator of Bluebird Christmas Tree Farm in High School, Tennessee. And we also have an installment from Fred Sossman's Potluck Radio Series on Alan Minton's Red Eye Gravy. I've got news about a community potluck coming up and a special dinner to support Beardsley Community Farm in Knoxville. And if you're listening on the radio, I've got some bluegrass Christmas music from Patty Loveless and a really pretty gospel song from a former Knoxville resident and musician, Scott Miller, with piano accompaniment by Knoxville's own Peg Hambright. Thank you for your good company today. I really appreciate you tuning in. Now, let's get started. Let's join our first guest, Leo Collins. He has owned and operated the Bluebird Christmas Tree Farm in High School, Tennessee, since 1988. And Leo is also a square dance caller and a buck dancer. So let's join him now and hear about his operation that he has going on up there right now. Can you describe what it is that you do here at Bluebird Christmas Tree Farm? Yeah, well, uh, we people come and get a Christmas tree, and they can either cut their own, or they can get ones we already have cut, or they can get ones that are bald and burlapped if they want to transplant, you know, later, put it in the ground. And then uh, we have wreaths, and, and people just enjoy walking around on the farm, it seems like, but we have wreaths and roping, and and mistletoe, and then a lot of uh, the gift shop has a lot of local jams and honeys and sorghum, uh, and we have hot chocolate, and you can sit by the fire and kind of enjoy it and slow down a little bit from the holiday pace, if you will. Uh, so that, that's sort of what people tend to do. You know, and I love the fact that in your gift shop you've got these regionally produce products that people can buy in addition to your trees. Yes, yes. That's, uh, 
that's something that there's just so many people around that 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 can provide those for us. I mean, the, just the number of them are just within a few miles of of us. The sorghum maker and the person that gets the honey and makes the wooden toys. Uh, they all live within oh six miles of us or so, and and so we're lucky to have to have all of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how long has this farm been in operation? We planted the first trees, uh, I think, 31 years ago and uh, started selling trees about 26 years ago. Uh, and we've just been doing it ever since. We've enjoyed, enjoyed doing it. Do you have people that have come back for years? Yes, yes. We have. I don't think we have anybody who came the first year, but I think we still have one couple that came the second year, and they they still come back. And, and we have some that have moved away, and then when they move back to the area, they start coming here again. So that's that, that's nice. It's flattering, I guess you would say. What is your favorite part of this business, Leo? Uh, really, that, that's an easy question because uh, the the favorite part is just dealing with the people. Uh, we've met a lot of folks over the years, and uh, uh, it's just it's fun to see people come back. It's fun to see people come for the first time. Uh, it's I mean everybody has a story. It seems like I mean either it's their first Christmas together, or the the baby's first Christmas, or uh, the grandparents bring the grandkids sometimes, and and so they're just having fun. And and really, the people come out to to uh to be together really we just i think we provide the background for for families to come out and be together more than uh you know we're certainly not the only place you can get a tree and uh but it's it's fun to have people come out and we just enjoy talking to them when we can and we're getting really really busy that's a that's kind of a downer because we can't stop and talk to folks as much but uh but yeah dealing with the people is the best the best part of it I bet. That's just wonderful. Now, how do people find you? Uh, well, we have a website, uh, bluebirdtrees.com, and we're on Facebook, and uh, and we pass out business cards. And then, then a lot, uh, a large number of the customers, I think, are just word of mouth. Uh, people have been coming for a long time, and they tell their friends, and so we get some more people coming, and but yeah, that's probably the main thing. We have signs out directing people in, and some people will come and say, well, I just saw your sign and followed it in here to get a Christmas tree. But I think most people, it's it's word of mouth or uh, on the website or, or Facebook probably. Now, what are your hours and days that you're open? Yes, uh, we're open Thursday through Sunday, uh, and we're open 8 a.m. till 8 p.m., but I always encourage people to come by 5 o'clock if they can. It's not for our convenience, but it's so that they can see the trees better. Uh, once the light starts getting dim, even though we have light, uh, once once the light gets dim, you're really looking at outlines of trees, and you can't really assess as well as, as you would like to. So you may get a, a great tree, or you may get a so-so tree if you come like 7 o'clock. But we are here until 8, and, and so that's our, our actual hours, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., Thursday through Sunday. You know what? Your prices seem really fair. 
Well, we yeah, we try to be. We try to be competitive and and uh, and, and provide a lot of service for the customer when we can. Do you recommend people make some provisions before coming up there? Well, you know, uh, really, we have most everything they would need. But the thing I've been telling people is the best thing to bring is just a plan. I mean, how do you plan on getting it home? If you have a truck, you're home free or trailer or whatever. If, you, if you're wanting a large tree, they could probably want to get a, a truck or a, a trailer. Uh, average size tree, if you're going to put it on the top of your car, that's fine, or in the trunk. Uh, we have cord. Uh, we have saws you can come down with. Uh, but a lot of people, it's much easier to secure the tree if you have either bungees or ratchet straps or bring your own rope. We, we encourage people to kind of think ahead and a lot of times they'll have an entire garage full of bungees, but they forget to bring them, and then they end up either buying some from us or using the cord and tying a bunch of knots. And it's it's easier if you've uh, sort of thought through, well, how are we getting home with this? Okay, that's good to know, good to know. And what's that contact information one more time, please? Okay, the web address is bluebirdtrees, all one word, bluebirdtrees.com. And then we also have a, a, if people want to call, they can call 865-457-5682. And, uh, and, and we are out, we are sort of between Norris and Clinton in general, just in general. Most people from Knoxville head north on I-75 and get off at Raccoon Valley Road. Uh, but if they want to call, I can give them more specific directions. But we have signs in from Raccoon Valley Road to, to find the farm. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table and a visit with Leo Collins of Bluebird Christmas Tree Farm in High School, Tennessee. After a short break, we'll hear a little bit about Leo's buck dancing and square dance calling. And coming up is Fred Sossman and Alan Benton talking about Alan's red-eye gravy recipe. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table comes in part from Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block off Broadway on North Central Street. And Magpie's Bakery is proud to be included in the latest edition of Martha Stewart Weddings. The holiday menu is on the website, and Magpie's offers easy online ordering for pies, cheesecakes, cookie boxes, cupcakes, and holiday specials, including Magpie's traditional apple stack cakes. They also take orders by phone or in person for your wedding, holiday event, or sweet treat. Since 1992, magpiescakes.com all butter all the time okay let's join leo collins of bluebird christmas tree farm in high school tennessee and hear about his buck dancing and his square dance calling 
And now a little bit about yourself, Leo. Now I hear that you are a square dance caller and a buck dancer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, guilty as charged. I, I'm, I love square dancing, especially traditional East Tennessee figures and and, and uh, love to, to buck dance. I learned from my grandfather and uh, I just, I enjoy doing it and try to get other folks to, to join. It's very, uh, it's an interesting kind of old traditional dance in that uh, everybody has their own style. And my style will be different from somebody else's, but it's all it's all good. There's not really a right or a wrong way to buck dance. As long as you're dancing with the music, it's your style and, and, and it's good. Now, did you come from North Carolina? Yes, I learned... I, I do the style that my grandfather did uh, over in Robbinsville, North Carolina, over in the Snowbird Mountains, and uh, it's just a little different. and uh, And I try to I, I try to keep doing that style in general because I don't know of anybody else that does it. So it it makes it even more unique, and and it just ties into the family history. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I I, I do this trying to do the steps that he that I saw him doing when I was little. And where are these square dances held? It's always it's at the Laurel Theater. It's the second Thursday of each month. And uh uh so we just we just missed it. You'll have to wait till the second Thursday in January for our next one. But uh, it's a lot of fun. You got a wonderful band, the Helgramites and uh and good callers last night uh, Told him Stan Sharp called. He's did a wonderful job, and everybody had fun. Didn't have a big turnout, but everybody had fun. I think uh, I think finals week at UT has a lot to do with it. <laughs> it hurts attendance. Uh, with... Now, Leo, I've heard also that you are a retired botanist. Yes, yes, I was with I was the chief botanist for TVA for a good number of years, thirty something years, uh, and. Uh, yeah, that was a wonderful career. I got to work with just some really wonderful people, dedicated, and, and I mean, I got to work with them either as colleagues or the people we met in the field, the landowners and and whatnot uh, that we would deal with. But just, there's a lot of nice people out there. Leo, thank you so very much for joining us here at the Tennessee Farm Table. Not a problem. I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think no matter... What tree farm they go to, they'll have a they'll have a great experience, and and uh, I, it it's it's fun. I mean, you I mean it, it is a fun way to to see people and see where the products come from, and uh, whether it's the trees or the jams or the honey or whatever. It's a it's a good connection. Uh, I think it helps both sides. I think it helps the people that that grow and produce the things, and I think it helps the people that that uh, purchase to kind of understand a little bit better, and especially for kids, you know, where does all this stuff come from? I, I think it's just a good all the way around. All right. Now you've just heard an interview with Leo Collins, owner and operator of Bluebird Christmas Tree Farm. That is in high school, Tennessee, north of Knoxville. And uh, he's been running that place since 1988. Details at bluebirdtrees.com or tennesseefarmtable.com. 
I have links to all of my guests every week under the tab that says listen to the show. And how about if we hear from our friend Fred Sausman? This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Sausman. A divine elixir. That's what the late food writer John Edgerton called red-eye gravy. It's the simplest and cheapest gravy imaginable. Alan Benton, the owner of Benton's Smoky Mountain Country Hams in Madisonville, Tennessee, says red-eye gravy always begins with a piece of cured meat. It's essentially the grease and drippings from frying the ham. Legend has it that the name Red Eye originated when Andrew Jackson asked a whiskey-drinking cook to bring him some ham with gravy as red as the cook's eyes. A more likely explanation is the gravy's dark red color. To make Red Eye gravy, you need some fat on the ham. Many of the hams today don't have much fat, so I save ham fat at my place to make my Red Eye gravy. I'll fry the fat and render the fat to get the grease. And I'll lay a slice of country ham in there for about 35, 40 seconds on one side, 35, 40 seconds on the other side, and take it up. It's ready to serve. But to make the red-eye gravy, I'll add just a pinch of brown sugar, depending on how much gravy I'm trying to make, maybe a half of a cup of brewed coffee, and I'll turn my skillet up a little bit higher and take a spoon and stand there and stir that till I reduce that liquid down almost to where it was before I added the coffee to it. Pour that up, and that's red-eye gravy, which is incredible on grits or a biscuit. You don't have to have much to add a lot of flavor. Very much a dish out of hard times. Very much a dish out of hard times, yes, as all gravy, I'm sure, was originally. Red-eye gravy brings together two of the South's most enduring symbols, cured pork and a black iron skillet. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Sausman. This is Bonnie. This is Drew. And you're listening to Tennessee Tennessee Farm Farm Table. Table. The Community Action Committee Beardsley Community Farm has promoted food security and sustainable urban agriculture through practice, education, and community outreach for 19 years. Beardsley Farm grows and donates over 10,000 pounds of produce annually to local food pantries and a women's shelter. The farm additionally offers extensive child, youth, and adult education programming on growing food organically. Beardsley Farm also offers three free garden plots for members of our local community and hosts an urban fruit orchard in Malcolm Martin Park. All of this is made possible by community support and volunteers. Volunteers have the opportunity to learn a wide range of gardening skills such as composting, seed saving, beekeeping, basic construction, and everything in between. Volunteers of all ages and skill levels are needed. And other ways to support the work of Beardsley Farm is to attend special events and fundraisers, such as the second annual Winter Supper at the Old City Wine Bar, December 15th from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. This dinner will be prepared by Chef Paul Sellis out of Rebel Kitchen. The supper will include some of Beardsley Farm's own produce, sustainably sourced meat from Spring Creek Farm, and a selection of fine wine. The supper will include meat, 
but there are vegetarian or vegan options and it will be served promptly at 7 p.m. Proceeds from this dinner will support the farm's mission to address food security issues in Knottsville through produce donations, community gardening, and educational opportunities. Details and ticket information, beardsleyfarm.org. That's spelled B-E-A-R-D-S-L-E-Y farm.org. The Citizens Against the Pellissippi Parkway Extension is hosting their annual holiday potluck on Monday, December 11th at 6 p.m. at the home of John and Susan Keller. John and Susan Keller have farmed in Blount County for over 50 years, and in 2014, John was named by UT Extension as Farmer of the Year. After dinner, the board will hold its regular monthly meeting, and all are welcome to stay and attend. Details about this organization at saveitdon'tpaveit.org. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.